Scotty Pippen of the show, and I'm joined okay. by the Michael Jordan uh, of the of the podcast, the brains behind the podcast, uh, the barber of the podcast. Go ahead and give them your addies. All right, Ashra Knox. Um, I am a underscore Knox the barber four on Instagram. Um, beard underscore culture four on Instagram as well. Of course, our um, joint page um, at cut my way out underscore pod so you can can catch me there all right and yes we are available on all podcasts and uh all podcasts uh, wherever you listen to podcasts we are there most notably youtube spotify apple Podcasts, uh pandora uh everywhere you need us everywhere <laughs> put just put us in your search engine we've been working hard grinding we should come up number one I cut my way out podcast Absolutely. will be number one on your search engine. Absolutely. So without further ado, I know you got a fire intro for this <laughs> yeah. guest. Uh, he, he, he may need no introduction to some, but yeah. you know, to those we'll present to him, but some others will introduce them. So yeah, take absolutely. it away. Um, today we have a very, very special guest. Um, I would call him the, the man, the myth, um, the legend. Um, has GOAT status in, in the industry, um, extremely inspiring, uh, motivational um, to all barbers um, and, and just people in general. Um, he's a husband, he's a father, um, barbershop owner, art gallery owner, um, created the Barber Summit, um, has a, a, a host of, of high-end clientele um, in, in terms of barbering. Um, he's behind the, the, the bevel, um, movement, the bevel, you know, clipper, clipper brand, excuse me, movement. Um, he, he's doing so much. And again, he, he's just inspiring and just showing us all, um, how you can take these clippers and, and cut your way out and make something happen without far, further ado. We have, um, the Marcus Harvey, AKA the star, the barber star. Uh, man, it's a pleasure to have you. How you doing, good brother? God bless you. God bless you for all your business and and, and yeah, y'all y'all introduced me like I'm a guest preacher. I like that. <laughs> that that means I'm they're gonna pull up a, a collection plate at the end. But God bless you all at at barbershop Ebenezer Baptist Church. I want to just thank you, Pastor <laughs> Deacon. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, nah, man. Uh, thank y'all for having me, man. I appreciate y'all for real, man. Man, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Man, yes, man sir. I, I am 
excited and ready to, to jump clean off into it, man. Um, let go, boy. Let's get cleaning the thing. Let, let's get into it. So, man, um, tell tell us about um, just your background, your, a little bit about your upbringing and, and who Marcus Harvey was before we knew the Marcus Harvey. Okay. Uh, well, I am uh, Marcus Harvey. I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, was born in Houston. Okay. Was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Went to high school in Tennessee. Um, raised by a dope mom. My dad was, you know, my dad was in Texas while I was in Atlanta, but he was still very, you know, integral in my life. Okay. But the th- but the best thing that ever happened to me was there was a barbershop called Cross Pets behind my um apartment complex when I was like 12 years old. Uh, two gentlemen named D and Mario actually were working at a shop called Phil's Barbershop prior to that and um, decided to kind of go into partnership and start a, a shop called Crosscuts, which was, which turned out to be right behind my house. Okay. As they um, as they started that spot, like my, my mom would take me like, you know, just like everybody else, you know, she took me the first four times and then she's like, you can go ahead and walk yourself because it's right yeah. it, it's right behind us. So go yeah. go to get your hair cut. So every time I go into the barbershop and just see, like, you know, it, this was a large barbershop. It had 12 barbers, 12 chairs. It was just really, really fire because, yeah. like, uh, to see two two young black brothers uh, put together, like, such a – just to put together a shop, period. Right. Like, you know, yeah. that was just, like, collaboration. I mean, yeah. and these guys had it for years. It was, like, for years. Right. Um, so just to be able to, to like, see camaraderie, um, high-value black men um, – in the barber industry, you know, I, I got to see every way of, of customer service. I got to see every way of like, you know, just being the man. And um, actually just was like so inspired that I asked D one day, I was like, hey man, hey, I see that little kid. There was a little kid who was at the shop and he was sweeping up. And I was like, hey, I see that little kid sweeping up and doing all this stuff for you guys. You think I can do it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Come next Thursday and he'll train you and, see what, and we'll see where we can go from there. So that next Thursday I showed up and from that Thursday on till my freshman year in high school, I worked at that barbershop sweeping up here on Thursday, Friday and Saturdays. Wow. So it was just like, it got so to the point to where like they just, I mean, they were like really integral in like, you know, they were really integral in my, in my development. You know, when you see most people who are really excellent at something, right. it seems as if they've been doing it since they was 12. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And and this was just something that I really feel like that was the same, you know, same space. These, these this thing was like installed in me, like, you know, from an like early age, seeing brothers, how they interacted with clients who were happy and upset. You know what I'm saying? Seeing how they managed their they managed their funds and seeing how they just moved as like brothers. Like, I mean, these guys were just moving great, you know what I'm saying? So uh fast forward, went to high school, um, and then my mom got into a car accident mm. and had to move to Tennessee. Okay. So uh, her, she shattered her knee. So we had to do rehabilitation in in, in Tennessee because Atlanta was massively expensive to kind of like, you know, okay. um, keep going. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> so right, we moved right. my grandmother to a small town in Morristown, Tennessee, and there was absolutely no barbers there. Mm. There was two barbers. Okay. Two barbers. Okay. And I'm saying there was no barbers, but there was two barbers there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about, hey, bro. One of them was one of them was a drunk. I ain't gonna I, I, ain't, I ain't judging nobody, but one was an alcoholic. Okay. And the other one would give you the smiley face lineup. You know that smiley yeah, face? Right. Peninsula. Peninsula. I call it peninsula. You want oh you want that peninsula. Right. You want the peninsula. That's what he would give you. He got some fresh. Oh, you want the peninsula. I like it. Right. 
You want the peninsula? The peninsula is gonna cost you about seven dollars. I didn't right. want no peninsula. Right. No, I want a regular lineup. So, uh, <laughs> long story short, man, I just got tired of seeing you know getting the peninsula. <laughs> and, uh, decided, decided like you know yo i've watched enough times to see like i can do this myself so like okay. one day i was just bold enough got some clippers my my cousin had let me have they were the mm-hmm. there was a there was a little um beige andis joints with the little uh-huh. you know you remember the beige andis with the with the lower body it, it, you know yeah the, the, yep. i know exactly what you're talking the junk in the trunk you know what i man? know yeah it, yep. sli- it was slick at the top <laughs> It was shaped. It was shaped yep. like a bodily woman. It was shaped yeah, right. like a woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my my old man had a pair of those. <laughs> man, everybody uh, had that everybody had that that ba 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 boom. That ba 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 boom lineup joint going on. So I got that clipper, man. And it the, the, the joint was rusty, but I, I did my best to keep, get it clean and like and like you know, just straighten it out. Mm-hmm. And just started lining myself up, man. And then it just kind of turned into me lining myself up every day to me getting myself like razor, like razor lineups with the little mm-hmm. uh, uh, disposable razor that my mom would use for her legs. Right. I would, every morning I would put, lather my, I would lather my forehead <laughs> up, bro, and do the razor line. Like, oh yeah, I'm sharp. Right. I am sharp. <laughs> and literally, bro, like, you know how interest turns into something that you like, yo, I can keep trying this and doing this on other people. Right. Turn into like me doing it with my, uh, you know, cutting my uh, teammates here. So all the people on the track team, basketball team, football team. Okay. Then it transferred to me like cutting everybody in my in my church. Then it transferred to me like cutting all my friends. Then I moved back to uh, Atlanta for uh, okay. college, and um, went to went to a, a school called Georgia Perimeter College. It was it was like you know uh, um, it was like a community college, of course, because community okay. is in the name. But okay, uh, Georgia GPC. <laughs> GPC and um was was going there for a while wasn't too focused not gonna lie I wasn't really motivated because it was I didn't feel like it was the actual experience that I wanted to have as right. far as like a real four-year institute right. and I just didn't know about that type of like you know adjustment into you know education so I just really right. wasn't focused was cutting hair most of the time you know would still be going to class you know but wasn't doing as tough as I, I could have so Got put on academic probation for a semester, which was going to be the spring semester, and I decided I was like, "Yo, I'm not. I, if I lose the spring semester, I'm I'm not, I'm not to wait until all the way to the fall right. to go back to school, which is pretty much almost the equivalent of a year." Right. So I was like, "Hey, man, maybe I should actually go try and see what this this barber thing is." And my brother, before I even thought that, was the one who actually put the idea in my head. Osai okay. Harvey. Okay. He was uh he was cutting hair for all the alphas because he was going to um Morehouse at the time and. Okay. My brother was a, a huge influence in my life. Him and a gentleman named Storm Briggs were cutting hair um, for Morehouse. They were just, you know, in, out there, out their room, and they were cutting all the alphas, all the cool kids on, on at Morehouse. Right. And I just saw how they just had the flavor, and it just kind of reminded me, like, dang, I, I missed that flavor. So, right. you know, I had stopped cutting for like maybe a year or two, and then mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, I'm going to go back to it, and started cutting from there. And went to college. My brother's like, "Yo, we should go to we should go to college." He said, "We should go to barber school together." Now, mind you, this man's a, a junior okay. at Morehouse. You ain't got no time to go to no right. dang college, right. college school. Right. Get out of my face! So right. he just did it. To, he did. He literally did it to trick me to go to college, school. Mm. Went to college, school. Graduated in '04, and have been pro ever since, man. And um, just been blessed with so many people that have been integral in my life, directing me in the right paths. You know what I'm saying? Like making sure that I'm. You know, I, I don't take the dumb long way. You know what I'm saying? Right. That I, I really like 
stay stay the course and go right. forward. So I've had a lot of amazing barbers, a lot of amazing stylists that I've worked for as far as an assistant wise. Right. That just have really enhanced my life. And I think that's actually put me on the trajectory that I'm on right now, wow. being able to really, you know, handle what we got going on. So yeah, man, that's just a tad bit about your right. brand. So so I'm 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 curious, what was the deciding factor between cosmetology school and actually going to barber school? Okay, very great question. Um in Atlanta at the time, in 04, there wasn't too many barber schools. Mm. Okay. There's maybe one or two, and they were like really, and there's and it's still that same way to this day, which is kind really? of unique. That's why I'm actually gonna. There's not a lot of barber schools in Atlanta. There's not like you you would think right. there would be like maybe fifteen to twenty, right. but if they are, they're very small, mom and pop. They're not necessarily like um you know sophisticated right. with what I wanted to do with my career. Okay. So every time I would go to the barber school, I was just like, man, this is not it. So finally, I went to Empire um, Beauty School. And just saw that it was a lot more professional, just a lot more, um, not a lot more. It was just professional. It was just right. like massively on point. It's a franchise. So I just, I was like, oh yeah, this is actually going to go way better. Right. And I'll be able to learn something that I don't know. Cause I know, right. I, I felt like I knew how to cut hair. Of course, okay. you know, as you, when you first start cutting hair, you think you can cut. Right. So I thought I would cut hair, but I was like, right. so I don't really need to go to barber school. I, I need to go to cosmetology school. Cause I don't know anything about cosmetology school, right. which, which turned out to be, the best decision mm. because it put me on to learning about color, like in a more detailed way than just, right. you know, reading it through the book, mm. allowed me to become comfortable with chemicals, allowed me to become comfortable with facials, all the extra things, customer service, all the extra things that stylists had to kind of focus on. It made me have to focus on that. And so that's why I actually was able to kind of pull that and put it into like, you know, what, what we got going on. Wow. You know, that that's interesting because most barbers and even myself um, early on. And if I had to do it again, I would probably um, delve into the, the, the cosmetology aspect too um, for that same reason. But it's interesting that you had that insight that early to know that you wanted to get a little bit of everything because you had already put your hands on the clippers and was doing your thing. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting outlook. Yeah, okay. I, I, I wish I, I wish I knew how smart I was back then. I was just like, oh yeah, it makes sense. But it was like <laughs> actually, like you said, it just it just really just like you know, I don't know, man. I've always kind of looked at like life and opportunities in like a different way than most of my like peers right. in in a sense. I'm not saying that I'm like way different. It's just like I've always kind of tried to have like a like I mean, even since I was 12, like just to just to kind of go in like get a get a job when you're 12 years old i didn't need no money like you right, know what i'm saying right. i just wanted to i just wanted to be around an atmosphere right. that felt safe and i didn't know this until i until i created such a space mm. like i as a young man i just needed a space that i could right. go to right. consistently to see like what i wanted to be you understand you understand what i'm saying yeah, absolutely and that's why i and that's why i think i have as much passion as i have now even more about barbering than i did prior to even the before the pandemic like like young brothers, young men need that space, man. Like yeah. they need to see yeah. Yeah. affluent black men doing amazing things, not not in no not in no tissy with their mind, but like it doing some amazing things, right. you know, with their hands that turns into a business. Like right. how amazing is that for us? All right. We literally went from having a interest to having a like to a craft to a skill to a business like right. that's that's different within itself right. like you know right. what i'm saying like 
it, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't hit the same right. way you know what i'm saying like when you think Absolutely. about it like like we master marketing we master right. like branding we master right. all these things everything that everybody's looking at entrepreneurship now right right barber's been doing it since ever we got out of slavery yeah. though absolutely absolutely out of slavery yeah yes the sir. most astounding black men were cutting hair absolutely 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 uh, I mean, yeah yeah and and, and yeah Ab absolutely i'm sorry i came back a little hype i just was at the, no uh, no i, I, I appreciate i appreciate that I our, think our, we best shows, <laughs> our best shows are when we don't talk. Absolutely, <laughs> but man. But I did have I did have one 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 uh small question before the barbers take back over. Were you a good student when you when you got back focused and you you went to cosmetology school as opposed to when you uh, said you got on academic? Pro how were you as a student when you went to cosmetology school? Okay, so this is how I was as as uh, this is how I've always been as a student. My teachers, my administrators, all those people love me and they wanted all, they like see the potential in me. Right. I just thought, I just, I guess I was always in, I was always in education that I wasn't interested in. Right. And when I'm interested in some type of learning or, or some type of like discipline, I'm on point with it. That's if I'm true. not interested, I'm not on point with it. I, I just don't see the point of it when I'm not Absolutely. interested. You understand what I'm saying? Because uh, yeah. I feel like, because like, like I feel like I was a terrible student because I wasn't trying to be an English major. Right, no doubt. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. I wasn't trying to be, and that's when I was going to school. I'm like, I'm I'm going into poli sci. Like I'm gonna, I'm going to like I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna do the poli sci. I'm gonna go to be a, an agent. I'm gonna go to UVA. <laughs> I'm gonna be, become a sports agent. Man, I don't even feel like I don't like typing, dog. Right, <laughs> I can't right. do none of that. <laughs> right. But what I really was saying is, I love sports. Right. I love interacting with people. I love getting people to the next level of their success. Gotcha. And I just didn't know. And I thought that the only um, path for me to get into that thing was just without playing sports was going to be uh, agents. But now what I realized is like, yo, talent. The Bible ain't never lied to us, bro. Right. Yo, gift. Will make room for you, dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like your gift will make room for you, man. So if you really have something in your mind that you want to do, and and the real reason, right. like God will like orchestrate that thing to make it to where it falls correctly in your lap. Yes, sir. So so so, so like, you yeah, said we I, brought I was, you I on. Was a terrible student, huh? No, I'm laughing because you said we brought you on like like a preacher. You sound like one, my brother. I, oh my bad! It's the dramatic pauses. It's the those, it's those things right there. That, 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 that gets people on the edge of their seat. They be like, "Come on, preacher, preach now!" Sorry, sorry. I got, I got one more question. Um, Man, you have a million questions. Let's go, baby. I want to answer every last one. Yeah, of them. yeah I, I mean, I right definitely now, have more than one more question. I hate, that, I hate that I put it that way. Uh, but just back to you know, you going to school was financially your time was 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 it a big obstacle for you because we've talked to a lot of barbers and a lot of them did have a lot of uh tall obstacles to finance going to school was that an issue for you so the good thing about what i was going through at that time was i had the pell grant because i was still within my you know that age that age demographic yes, 
And by also going to cosmetology school, they were the only ones in Atlanta that was doing um, um, financial aid. Yep. So that's yeah. another top reason why I went to cosmetology school versus barber school. Because as you know, most of the barber schools, you typically have to come out of pocket because they're Absolutely. not necessarily backed by the government or they don't have any type of like um, working capital to kind of give themselves, right. you know, any room to allow their students to have scholarships. They don't right. have any of that stuff just set up just right. yet. So um, the same thing happened with me, and which which actually was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to go to cosmetology school with the, with without having to have any debt. I only I think I only had to pay ten thousand dollars for my, my cosmetology school over an extended period of time. Right. But like coming out, you know, all my co like all the guys that I when I when I like I said got put on academic probation, most of the people that did go on and, and graduate that I loved and was my homies, it made me feel insecure. Not on purpose. They didn't make me feel insecure on purpose, but just because society at that point, 2001, 2004, was really about go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college, right. go to college, right. go to college. No trade schools. No, right. there was no like entrepreneur. There was, you. we all know you were there. You were there. There was no talk right. about entrepreneurship. Absolutely. In 01, 04. Oh, it was like, you're going to either work at, at, a, at a factory or mm -hmm. you're going to be in, or you're going to go track and learn how to be Yep. some type of like political science, some, something of that nature, you know what or, I'm saying? Or, or chasing and, and sports. Just, yeah, or exactly. So like, I didn't realize like, I was able to actually get a better start and a like a, a way better start than a lot of the cats who come to me who are super high value yeah. as we all, as right. we all know on the, on the way right. we, we call ourselves now, the high value young men now, like I don't have any debt, they have debt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they, high they, value, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're good, man, you're good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, all that, but all that plays its part, man. Like, and even me using that, 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 uh, that, that subject or that, um, term, man, like, I watch and I study how everybody does what they do when they're promoting stuff, when they're, when they're grabbing an actual band base. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, that's, yeah. So that's why I got high value man. That's, what, yeah, value that's what's up. And, and I just like to ask those questions mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, a lot of people use that as ex ex excuses, but you, you giving the game yeah. is like, okay, right. maybe this, this way might be better, yeah. you know? Yeah. Go to a school. I, I feel like if you're not like, if you're on the, teeter of what you're going to do with like if you're going to go into the barber field or you're not going to go into the bar man go to a cosmetology school or a school that actually has like financial aid right and you're going to learn all your top skill and your top craft amongst the barbers in your shop right not necessarily the people that are teaching you Absolutely. in the schools so i point. always like implore everybody like yo don't take on no debt because all your all your master program people are going to be in the shop that you're going to work for this, the real place that you really that really builds and molds you is the first shop that you go to out of cosmetology or barber school. And that was so there should be there's yeah, there should be more of an emphasis on like those schools partnering with high end, you know, um, competent type of like barbershops and salons that are going to like put those students on the right track. And that's why I just look at it like, man, like get get your get your education for free. And then go like work somewhere where you can get that real masters, you know, in barbering right. and styling. Right. By cutting with ki killers, cut with some killers, man. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No doubt. So, so 
after completing cosmetology school, what was the first shop that you actually worked in and, and how was that experience? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad y'all that. The first shop that I worked for was Latin Night. This it was called Doing It for the Lord. <laughs> doing it for the Lord Barbershop. Wow. Who names the shop doing it for the Lord? You know I was getting saved back then. I, I right. came in there and was like, oh, Robos, this is this is it. This right. is God saying that I should be here. Man, that shop was so raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it was so raggedy. <laughs> it was so raggedy, but the but it just like still put me on a good track because like I had because <laughs> I had already been seeing how good shops should run, and then I got to see that. Mm. So it was like I still was like, you know, I did it didn't really affect me as much as it would. But like, man, that shop had too much. What okay, it was good and bad. Let me say the good and bad of it, right? So he had a great concept. Okay. He just didn't have the and when I say the sophistication, I'm talking about now with our technology, right? Right, okay. right. Like being able to like research, like Google wasn't popping like that back right. then, like that. You know what I'm right. saying? You ain't right. easily finding stuff. Right. So when I say sophisticated, I'm not saying that he was like he was amazing to even be able to open a shop. He's an old deacon, right. worked at a he was an old deacon at New Birth Baptist Church with Eddie Long in them. Okay. Good. Old, I mean, he had a Harley, so you knew he was paid back in the day. You know them old school cats with the Harleys, right? With playing old. The last two dollars, last two dollars, not gonna lose, last two. You know them cats on them hardest playing the music louder than above. Mr. Charles, I see you, Mr. Charles. Mr. Charles, hey, how you doing? Mr. Charles and them, right? So he was, but he was a great businessman. He saw the the, the motif of like that the barber industry was dope. But the problem was just that he didn't um like he had too much stuff going on. So like he wanted to sell apparel which people do now. Like, okay. he wanted to sell, but church apparel. So he was selling that to the church through some Yedok. He was selling them Yedok pants. You know, you remember back in the day? Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah. Harvey Wiley. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruh, we had those in 36, 24s. We had those in, in 42, 20s. You know, the waist was 42. The length was 20. The length was 20. That's a straight up box. Right. I know how back in the day we was. <laughs> it's like, bro. So it was just like, but he had a great idea because he wanted to, he wanted to mesh like his whole culture, which was like God, like his whole culture was God. He wanted okay. to infuse the God culture with barbering. And that was before people knew how to infuse things, right? right. So I didn't know that he was playing the seed back then. Right. And so like just seeing him and how he ran, you know, how you how you ran his shop was just always inspiring. He, he let me like he let me live. He only get, like my booper was like $50 a week. Didn't have any clients, but I just knew I needed to go up to another level. But the brilliance that I did see from him was just that he was already ahead of the game by fusing cultures together. And that's what we're doing now. Like nowadays you have to fuse cultures together. You have to add some type of extra community benefit to your to your shop to kind of really have that impact that you've been really wanting and yearning for for your whole life you know what i'm saying right and that's what something that i picked up from him back in the day that's but the joint was still ragged i ain't gonna lie right so lie. super raggedy <laughs> oh so boy. so, so at, at what point so i'm i'm watching you i'm watching you brand yourself and all the success at what point did you know that this was God given it in your purpose to do what it is that, that you do now. 
I'll give a um so back in the day, um back in the day I'm not, uh, I was an armor bearer also. That's another thing that it was able to I was able to be blessed with. Um uh, for people who don't know what an armor bearer is, I was so doing my assistant. Okay. So I was my pastor's assistant. I was my pastor's assistant for like okay. literally 15 years. So like, you know, when y'all see a pastor go up and they, and they, another guy bring his Bible up and a towel yeah, and all that yeah, other yeah, stuff yeah, up. Yeah. Right. So that's what I was. I was literally that somebody who was like always. So my mindset was always, I was always being groomed to kind of like serve. Yeah. Serve in a sense. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? So in, a sense, in a sense, you're, you're but exactly really right. serve. Yeah. Always serve. And we know right. as barbers, like our number one thing is to serve. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's to serve. That's like mm. that's when you see the top barbers really come up, come up, come above board. Mm. They're the best people who serve. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They always giving you a better experience than what you initially came to. Mm. So um, when I break, when you broke that down, like I, uh, I literally was just looking at it from the perspective of like, man, just like serving really helped me to be able to be a great boss. You understand what I'm saying? Because I was because I'm able to see how I can enhance a situation and I'm always looking at to figure out what's gonna come next. You know, I wanted to anticipate whomever I'm serving, what they're gonna need. So I just took that type of portion onto like my clients. You understand what I'm saying? So right. yeah, man. So I just I just always had some type of like training to kind of like get me to being able to be a to make your life easy. And right. that's always been my 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 life my life story to be totally right. honest. That's what's up. So you you went you went into to that phase. You 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 said you were at the 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 raggedy barber shop. Um, yeah. You really Cuts didn't have any long. clientele. You were building up. During yeah. that time, we didn't have you know social media the same. You know the Instagram. Can you tell the listeners and and the young barbers out there, how did you go about building your clientele? Because now we, you know, we're looking and your clientele is amazing and we're, we're going to get into that. But how did you even start to get to that point where you were building your clientele? Uh, I think I made mention of it earlier, like by getting connected with killers, like to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. Like I worked at, I started, after I left doing it for the Lord, I went to the shop called um, Tony's Barber Salon. Okay. And um, Tony's, uh, where I was working at Tony's, I was literally between two of the dopest barbers in Atlanta. I'm talking mm. about these guys back in 2006 were charging a hundred dollars, a hundred and fifty dollars two in 2006. Wow. Two Dave Sheriff, rest in peace, Dave Sheriff, mm. my mentor, mm. uh, passed two years ago. Amazing man, amazing mm. husband, amazing father. Sorry to what hear was that. the first barber. But, oh, yeah, man, it tore me up. It still tears me up now. But when I say I feel like I'm just embodying what he did, like, okay. he was the first person to put me on the luxury mindset of, like, giving that to your clients. So this bro would, like, shear your head for 20 minutes just to do just to do that, just to right. do that, just to give right. you the feel that I'm doing extra stuff. Right. On, my, on my other side was the... Another monster named Tyson. Tyson mm. was cutting everybody on the Braves and mm. the Falcons mm. in Atlanta, Georgia at, at 2006. I'm talking about like, it was getting everybody, mm. everybody. So I was, so by watching them, how they interacted, how they moved, 
I started kind of like, you know, watching what they did. And what one of the things that they used to do is like just really go above and beyond on their customer service. So I started doing, so what I started doing to get my marketing up, I started doing things that I saw that they still weren't doing, such as shampooing, facials, and things like that, so that I can wait to get my, 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 my brand up. Then I started doing a thing where I was like, yo, if you put me onto any, if you refer anybody, I'll take five dollars off your haircut. Hmm. So I took five dollars, and this is back in the day when a haircut was twenty-five dollars. So one person was the equivalent of like, yeah, that's a strong discount to them. So right. I started having, I started doing that to my guys, like you know, like, hey man, you see what I'm doing right? Um, I started like continuously adding more amenities. I, I added massage chair, I added a massager into my chair, my barber chair. Hmm. Like I said, facials, shampoos, hot towels. This is before. I'm talking about this. Nobody was doing this back in the day. It was like, yo, this doesn't even make any sense because it's a $25 haircut. Why are you putting all this effort into that? It doesn't make any fiscal sense. Um, But I just knew that I was establishing a brand, establishing, differentiating myself with my my competition or those who might, you know, be able to be in the same field that I'm at when it comes to like the clientele level. So as my, as my clients, I started getting the higher end clients and they started getting those higher value cuts. Mm-hmm. They started putting me on to their dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because it was beyond them just seeing, oh, I want to take $5 off. They weren't like, they weren't even taking the discount. They were just like, man, because you even attempted to give me a discount, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you onto my whole squad. So I would just have like, literally, like, it was, it'll be like, I had one week, I have five clients. Three weeks down the road, I had 30 clients. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be, then it just kind of go 50 clients. Then it was mm-hmm. just going, like, it was just going crazy like that. And it was because I was like literally trying to do stuff that was not even being done at that time. Mm. Like nobody was shampooing their clients in right. 2006. Right, no doubt. Who, y'all, y'all can tell me who was shampooing their right. clients no, in 2006. No, right, right, right. We was fighting. Now through, we, see, we was fighting through them dirty heads. I mean, <laughs> grease. Right. They had that Dax on their head. They had. They had the. <laughs> they had. Oh, they had that. They, yes, uh, yeah, man, I, I shampooed three days yeah, ago. I know, yes, you, I know you raised your hand. I know you raised your hand. I knew it was you. I yeah, I had, I, had, I had waves <laughs> like a mug now, but now I, hey, I ain't got nothing now. That's hey. why. Because you, right. you, you, you was killing your scouts. Right. That's what you Right. <laughs> for real so like so I, I was and so as a result that was just a, a byproduct of me making sure everybody was shampooed was allowing me to get my cuts to be way crisper than everybody else's too because yes, like you know I was hit, I was getting people with the ash line first before anybody was hit like there was there's no drawing of no line for me right. when you see an ash line that's my razor that did that talking right. good sir right because we nice like that you right. understand what I'm saying and, and, and we give you value like that and I'm at the same time, I'm talking to my clients, like feeding them, like, "Yo, you go, we gonna be so dope." I'm, I'm including me in their future plans, mm. and that's what I think that that really like helped my marketing. So as I got it sophisticated, and then you know, just, then you know the the internet started popping. So yeah, right. but before the internet, man, I was trying everything. I'm talking about, I, I, so I would also do, I would also go to Morehouse's campus. Okay. Uh, Cause like I told you, my brother was on was working was going to Morehouse at the time. Right. I would go to Morehouse's campus and cut on Mondays and Tuesdays when I was slow on um at the shop. Okay. And I would just like literally do like fifteen dollar haircuts, and I would just be having the thing pumping. You know, that's that's nothing to them college kids. They was like, oh, mm. I got a fire cut for fifteen dollars on my campus. Right. Bet, run it. So I'm talking about I'm making three hundred dollars on Monday, three hundred dollars on Tuesday. 
mm. making more money at Morehouse than I'm making at the at the mm. actual shop. Wow. Taking the money that I'm making at the at at Morehouse and paying my boot friend. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And but what was dope about that was just like I was like literally building the clientele that was gonna sustain, you know, sustain me for the rest of my life. Right. And that's if I was to suggest anything to young barbers, if there's a if there's a college around you and you're not tapping into that college, you really you're really missing out on, on, on a lot of amazing people who can help you in other areas. Cause like that's really where my, my growth came from, like just my clients putting me on the game. The things yeah. that they were learning, I was learning with them without yeah. having to go to school. Yeah. So and, and we're actually um, and I don't know if you're aware of Champaign, Illinois, um, but we're right in a college town. Champagne. Okay, that's what's up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yep. so, so we're right in, that's in Illinois, uh, right? University of Illinois. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I yes. know. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you built up that clientele. Who? I'm just curious. Who was your first high-end client? Whether it be an athlete, a doctor, a lawyer. Wow, my first high-end client was Dave Hollister. Baby Mama Drama himself, himself okay. man. The singer? That, that's yeah, one of was, that's that's one of my wife's favorite R&B yeah, singers. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> really? And I I caught I caught him in 2008. Mm -hmm. 2008 or not? No, 2008 or not, yeah. So, that's when he was when R&B was still R&B. Yeah. Right, right, no Bro, doubt. I felt like I thought I was, I thought I was that, I thought I was that dude. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm feeling over here. <laughs> but um, I would only, I would catch him like, you know, at that time, I thought that was meaning that I was going to be a, uh, I was going to be a, um, a celebrity, his celebrity barber forever. Mm. But it just would be when he would come into town, you know what okay. I'm saying? So, okay. uh, but when I would, when he would like literally like come into town, he would tell three people about me. So every mm. time, somebody would come into town, they were like, oh, yeah, I got your number from, you know, Dave, you know, you can hook me up. So, man, I got, I got messed around, I got Dave Hollister, then I, then I got, um, Carl Thomas. Mm. And then, it, you know, it just kind of like, you ain't get yeah. Donnell Jones. I know you heard the news <laughs> last week. I, I was trying, I was trying to get a versus right there. I was trying to get a, a versus, a versus <laughs> right there. That's when you right. said Dave Hollister. Right. Like, it's fitting you said that because right. they just had an announcement. Right. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that, and that's yeah. why I was rolling when I saw that. I was like, Oh yeah, I got two of those brothers out there. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, I did that. Yeah. That's what's I up. Know I did that. Yeah. So I was like. So I'm, I'm excited when they when they go to I'm better get some free tickets. I know that much. Right. I know that much. <laughs> that right. Much, Dave and Carl, that's both of y'all. Right. <laughs> you say better holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it just kept rolling from there. So so yeah, I mean, well, I I had a break. I had a break for a while though. Like after I cut them, mm -hmm. there was kind of like a like a little dry period for like three or four years, and then mm -hmm. I went over to the shop called Salon Ramsey. And so, so did you not doing. cut for that period of time, the dry spell? Or, no, no, or I was, was still cutting. Okay. I was still cutting, but I was I was still learning. Like I said, okay. I, that, at that time, that's when I was at Tony's. Okay. So I had moved up to a higher caliber of like barbershop. And okay. there was more, you know, top, you know, top line barbers okay. out of there. So it was kind of okay. like a, a little bit more of a change. Right. So I could see that where I needed to really, really improve. I was, re I was just really good with Dave, mm -hmm. but I didn't turn into no monster until I started working at, at Tony's. But when I was working at Tony's, there wasn't a lot of people like who were kind of like trying to, there weren't, it wasn't like I'm putting markers on because he's the, right. he's that guy in our shop. He's like, I was like maybe third string in that shop. Right. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So That's it was like, up. 
That'll create a monster. That's hype. That, that's, oh, that's why I be so mad. I'm not mad, but I am mad at these suites sometimes. Right. I, I want more monsters to come out before they get a suite. Because mm-hmm. you can't become a monster until you have a dis like a I don't want to say it like that, but dysfunctional shops would help you yeah. build a better yeah. brand sometimes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like it always it always teaches you, oh no, this is not how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. It can be better than this. Right. And you see other people who are talented but may not have work ethic. Right. And you're able to measure yourself on that. Then right. you see people who are who have crazy work ethic but are not talented but are booked out, and you get to see that. Absolutely. So it was like, so when you when you skip that step and you don't have necessarily those those people that are like, because it's, it's literally biblical again. Right. Iron literally sharpens iron. Absolutely. Like, you can't like if there's no iron, where's it getting sharpened? Bottom line. And, and what it does, it makes you you know if you got somebody nice to the left and right of you, it makes you look and step your game up, and you might take a technique from here up. and a technique from here and incorporate it in your own. Yeah. Yeah. And that don't work when you're just watching it on YouTube though. You know what I'm saying? Like because you're 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 selectively deciding when you feel like it's a good time for you to learn something. Right. When when you're in the midst of that fire, you gotta learn how to put that fire out, bro. Yeah. You don't watch no how to do video on how to put a fire out. You don't we ain't we ain't getting no YouTube pit to show you how to put a blanket over a fire. You have to learn when you're in a shop full of killers, you have to learn. How to get right? You have to learn how to be on time because you see the dope barber who's who may be late, and he just lost a two hundred, three hundred dollar paying client to the guy right beside him, who's been watching how he's been doing the service, and just mimics it. And now I'm taking that client. It just keeps you on your toes, man. Like accountability, man. That's what we need more of in in, right. in the world as right. well as in these shops, man, Absolutely. or in these in this industry. Accountability. Like everybody trying to charge all these, like I'm supposed to charge two hundred dollars. I'm me. Everybody else, man, I... shoot, I'm supposed to charge that. That's <laughs> what's up. <laughs> somebody told me somebody like, dang, Mark, did you charge me? I said, who, who, who wouldn't? Why would I not? Right. I'm me. That's what's up. That's not a diss, but right. when you get in my chair, you are gonna get a million dollar idea off of what you gonna do. Mm. Not even what I'm gonna do. Mm. I'm going to cut your hair, get you fresh, and give you a million dollar idea, and mm. follow up with you, and be, hold you accountable, and ask you about your family, and ask you about your friends, and ask you about the circle around you, mm. and ask you, and break down how you can make your squad right, and mm. break down what you need to do first step, second step, third step, fourth step, because I've been in these boardrooms with all these corporations, I'm going to mm. give you the game, or I just talked to my 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 um consultant client who just told me five or six different things of all these, these negotiation deals that he just did that I'm going to give to you. So mm. you get all, not only my education, not only my mindset, you get everybody who's been in my chair. So it's like, That's almost like Highlander in a sense. That's what's up. That's you remember in Highlander, you take one of the heads off and then you get that power. Mm. That's literally what happens. I cut mm. that hair off and I get that power. And That's I transfer that joint to, where the collection play that man? Right. See, <laughs> so get the collection plate. That's what my nigga's name is. Right. My nigga's name is people. Say <laughs> Cecil, that's what that's what's up. So so when when was it? I'm I'm just curious because I love that you're humble, but yet you're kind of super confident, right? At what point in time did, did did you know like, man, I'm that dude? 
I'm I'm a beast. At, right. at what point in time? Because really, like, like, and and I put it in like a sports context text, right? Yeah. Because for me, when I started, I, I was with small community. I used to hoop, and that was my thing. Everybody knew me from hooping. When I started cutting hair, it took me a while to get my confidence. Mm-hmm. But once it's yeah. just like being on the ball court. Once you get that confidence, yep. it's like I'm here. I arrived. At what point? Because the game slows down. Yeah. Mm. True story. The game slows down. And that's what happened for me, man. Like after I got out that gauntlet at Tony's Barbershop, Barber Salon, I was blessed to go to um, Salon Ramsey. And at that point, I had become like, I felt like I was like, oh, I'm getting something here. I'm getting somewhere here. Right. And, um, and, and the crazy thing about God's timing is Ramsey had been reaching out to me for a whole year and a half to like really um, come on to his shop. And I was like, nah, I'm good where I'm at. Nah, I'm good where I'm at. Because at that point, I was actually um, I was actually assisting a stylist named Karen Owens, and I was cutting hair in the back room, too. Mm. So I was doing all the shampoos, conditioners for the ladies. I was doing the roller sets, the relaxers, the color, blow drying. Like, I'm talking about, I was hit. Boy, I had that thing. I had them ladies <laughs> looking like, oh, I love you, Marcus. Oh, my gosh, I love you. I love you so much. I had them right, boy. So, <laughs> so um, when I moved to Ramsey's, he was like, it was crazy because he had been reaching out to me that whole time. But then when I found out, like, you know what? It is time for me to move on and elevate. I would love to, I would love to work with you. He was just then retiring mm. and going to just run shops. So he, at the time he had five shops. Mm. He's like, you know what? I'm about to stop cutting so that I can open five more shops. Mm. This man had 150 barbers and stylists wow. on his roster at wow. one time. Wow. And this is for a, and this was for a four year stretch. hundred and fifty stylists for four years straight, bro. So he was that dude in Atlanta. Now I didn't even know him because mind you, that's back in the day. There's no social media. Right. He wasn't even a social media guy. He didn't know how to really put himself out there. Right. So I didn't really know who he was. So when I came over, man, and I started working there, like it was just like it was amazing because it was perfect timing. Like I said. He gave me all his clients, and all his clients just so happened to be one of them was Nas. And that's when I knew I'm that dude. Yeah. Because I had been I had been cutting his clients, all his other clients. I'm talking about I had been cutting all of his clients, and they were just always giving great, great reviews. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when I first time I cut Nas, I knew I was killing his haircut. I knew I was yeah. I, I, I was doing a design on his head, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is before people were like people were doing some people were doing designs. There wasn't a lot right. of like the dope designs that we see right. now. Right. This was like back in the day when it was just like the the, Z- the Zorro right. type lines, right. very you know intricate like small right. joints. So I kind of was I, I I putting that on him, bro. He was like the first time I cut his hair, and he's like, "Yeah, I like that." <laughs> oh, I was like, "Oh yeah, y'all can't tell me who gonna tell me anything?" Who? Right. Who? Right. Who gonna check me? <laughs> who? Who gonna check me, Cecil? You're right. Cecil, Cecil was like, nobody gonna check you, Pastor. He said so nobody you, gonna check so, you. So you, you, you had. So when it. I, when I, when I felt when I, because it's like I've been putting in so much work on perfecting my my craft mm-hmm. for my for my clients, my regular clients. Like I mean, I was like obsessive of it. I was like obsessive, like whatever was whatever documentary was on. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Vidal Sassoon, whether it be like Paul Mitchell, whatever story it might be, any documentary on any people of care, I was in, I was in, I was zeroed in on that thing. Mm. So it's just like 
I just knew that like there's gonna be a point, like you said, there's a point, and I'm a hooper too. Right. You know when you got somebody rocking and you like you hitting you hitting cats with the little bop bop look and at, you see them like look at you see you got the you see you got the you see the little shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, right. Get your hand around. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you, like, you really feeling it? Like, right. that thing good? You just turn around? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's when I started feeling like that. And that was about 2011 when I started cutting mm. knives. Okay. And 10 years later, I, and that's when I just started feeling like, yeah, I got it. But when mm. I really, really got it was like, yeah, that, that, that was my point when I knew I was feeling. That's what's up. So, so a gem for the listeners as, as we're listening and you made your transitions, right? From one shop to another. When did you know that it was time to make, how and when did you know that it was time to make the next transition for you to take that, that step up in your career? Um, prior to me owning shops, it was mm-hmm. always like, you know, the energy would kind of change. You know how the energy kind of changes in life. Like you just start spilling things or like, I can I can be way better. I can be way better at what I'm doing right now than what I'm what I'm giving or what my environment is. Mm-hmm. And that literally was would be the, the case. Like um doing it for the Lord. I just got tired of like the big pants just got kept, kept getting underneath my skin. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I got I gotta move on. I gotta get better. Like, and the barber beside me wasn't necessarily the dopest barber. So I was like, he was a good dude, but he wasn't a, he wasn't amazing at cutting. So I just knew that I needed to get that when I was at Tony's it was like after all the other all the other dog barbers had left and I was like the top barber in the in Tony's barbershop mm-hmm. I just kind of got okay I needed I, there's something else that I need to do okay. so I started working with the salon with the salon owner again and I was like there's another level of high-end um, money that I could be making okay. once I figured what that was out I started going over to that's when I went over to Ramsey's and um when I worked with Ramsey the only reason why I transitioned was because he shut his shops down, which pushed me into having to go ahead and do my own thing, okay. my own Mussolini. So, yeah, man, it was just, I, I mean, gotta tell you, you, you'll feel it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just don't fight it. You know, like right. we're so scared sometimes to start over. And it's like, wow, like that's the best part of life. Like mm. nobody holds you to it, holds you to like a, nobody holds you to a standard of perfection when they know that you're starting back over. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And that's where a lot of people's like a lot of people's anxiety comes from because they feel like they have this unforeseen perfection, perfected life that they have to live. Right. And it's like that's totally from the truth. Like only reason why you feel that is because you you've maxed out at where you're at. Mm-hmm. Try a new challenge and build up so that you can always feel confident that you're learning. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, so sir. yeah, that's just that's just where I've always kind of liked. Like even now, like I have the the Mussolini. Mm-hmm. We just sold our first art piece, man. Like, and that was like, I, I almost had a tear come out of my eye. I was like, dang, Congratulations. I had never sold art. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'd never mm-hmm. sold art. And it was like, this is a whole totally different field that I'm unfamiliar with. I don't know anything about art. I just love looking at it. I just mm-hmm. love feeling it. I see what it is. I want to know about it. So right. that was like, that was another lane that I was able to kind of go into and be like, dang, this is, this actually really, really works, bro. Yeah. So like, yeah, man, like when you feel like you need to go to the next level is when you know that you feeling some anxiety that you need to go better. Absolutely. And we're, and we're going to get into your shop because I, I love the concept. And you and, good on and, time? Yeah, 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 I'm good. Okay, okay. okay. You got, got any? No, no, no. Okay. okay. So. Yeah, go ahead, baby. Okay. Yeah, All right. No, the barbers, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm right. just soaking up game. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy that man, got the job that 
you know, got a need to start mm-hmm. over. Right. So I'm just taking it all in. Right. Yes, sir. So, so um, as you talk about your shop, piggybacking into that, um, it's interesting because I followed you for a long time and I've seen the art and mm-hmm. I just opened a shop and I kind of had this idea. My father is an artist by trade. Mm. Um, and so okay. opened a shop with a gallery theme and we sell his, his prints and with today's technology to be able to do um, paper prints and also do prints on canvas, it allows him mm-hmm. not to have to separate from his original work. And he, he went, he, you know, that's always been his thing, but he was also a graphic um a graphic designer. He worked for the University of Illinois for a long period of time and retired. So he he hasn't actually did any oil um, paintings in, in a long time. So we have a lot of timeless pieces in here. I got like 36 pieces um, wow. and, and 28 of them are, are my dad's in, 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 you know, in the collection that, that we ha- have here in the shop. And so as I got the idea, I, I've always paid attention to your cuts and, 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 how you 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 brand, but I started, I would see the art aspect, but I started to pay more attention because I'm always like that Nas piece. I'm like, damn, that's dope, you know? And, and I would see it, but I didn't know if you were an art collector or exactly how that worked. Mm-hmm. And so me and my wife were, were looking at it and I'm like, man, I hope don't nobody think I stole this idea. This is, oh, man, no. hey, the dope, man, you got the dopest shop that I've ever Thank seen. I really, when I was really able to really go through it was you did the Father's Day Ciroc thing and Mm -hmm. you had your your, your kale salad (laughs) 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 and you're going through the whole entire barbershop and I'm like, wow, man. So, so I just have to, to, to give you, you praise and kudos, man. Um, I'm an, I'm an art guy. I'm a product of it. Love, love art. Um, been around it my whole life, but just tell me how you came up with the concept and, and when, when, when you actually open, just give us some feedback and, and just some background on that, man. Cause, um, and also when you finish up, I want to know, is, is it also open to people as a gallery to come and view the art? Yep. Um, because yes, the next time is. I'm in Atlanta, man, I you got better, to get by. You better it. come through. Okay. You better come through. You better Absolutely. come through. Uh, yes, definitely. Yes, on most of those things. Um, like uh, the way that I came up with the concept. Me and Nas were traveling. This is a group of like four, uh, four of us total. His is his, his um right hand man and a security, and I would be the barber. So it'd be us four. We'd be the A party, literally everywhere for the last ten years, from distant relatives album wow. to like uh the 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 distant relatives album tour. To all the way to the Mary J. Blige tour that he he last did, I was on the road with that man every, literally almost every other weekend, mm. every weekend. Like, or it was just so we'll be in we'll be in Johannesburg, and I would have to I would like just get tired of being inside, so I got to go discover. So I would go look at an art gallery. Mm. When we be in when we be in Sydney, Australia, I had to go to the Modern um, Museum of Art and Design. When we were in Paris, I have to go to the Louvre. When we're in London, I have to go to the 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 wherever it might be. So what I started realizing is because I was traveling with him so much, there was like such a high level of luxury when it comes to riding with Nas. Like, bruh, yeah. that man put me on through so much luxury yeah. ideas that I I felt weird when I would come home to non-luxury things. 
he's so always been ahead of I his time. He, yeah, he's always been a smooth dude. Like yeah. first time I went on, we was going on, we was in Buffalo. We was going to Buffalo randomly on the tour bus, and he was like, "Hey man," he's like, "Yo, Mark, man, real talk. Everybody who rocks with me, they become successful." Mm. I said, "Yeah, okay, cool." And and as a result, look, bro, mm. yes, it does. Mm. So I literally, the the way that I came up with it is like I would literally be going out of town, and I wouldn't be able to bring anything back that really like was able to show my elevation and mentality. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, because mm. when you travel, your 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 mentality automatically is elevated because you see how small and minuscule you are in a world that's so big, and how you're not you, to really make a step. You got to do something, you know remarkable right so Absolutely. when you see more of the world you have to make more of a stamp you're like oh i can do this here i can do this here i can do this here you mm. see so many examples of people doing great things so i just was like every time i'll come back i'll have some new enhancement that i would do to the shop so one time um i just decided to like maybe, maybe i should put some art in this mug and literally i reached i put out a dm or put out a uh, this is i think right right when stories had started i was like yo is there any artists out there you know i want to i want to link with y'all Randomly, one artist from Toronto, he had some mm. crazy art. He's like, yeah, I'm down. He said, I see who you cut. He's been, you know, everybody been watching me at right. that point. Right. He's like, I see who you cut. Yeah. Take these three pieces. I had a Mike Tyson, a Muhammad Ali, mm. a Superman. And um, if, like you said, if you go back to on my page, my, um, my Instagram page, mm -hmm. you'll see like a whole section of like when I just had these guys in like just with art behind them. And they were just taking pictures. I was having them take pictures like this because, like, like you said, my marketing, my marketing mindset was always take pictures from down going up so that your your clients look like heroes, mm. so they can see themselves in a hero in a, in a heroic type of fashion. Mm, that's dope. And high elegant. So they were like, I was having that angle with the art in the back. I'm talking about like it was the best marketing strategy I ever did. Everybody started rocking with it. Artists started rocking with it. Clients started rocking with it because it was so like you can you can trot down trot my my prices because there's a, a fifteen thousand dollar piece on the wall. So why would I ever try to say Marcus, hey, can you can I get this fifty dollar here? No, you can't get no fifty dollar haircut. Right, for Not real. Me. Right. No. Right. Why? Yeah. I work too hard, baby. Come you on, know? baby. I got responsibilities. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Right. But that's how all you put, so I put, got put a little sprinkle on it. Huh? Sprinkle on you, baby. Get off me, baby. Get your hands off. Get right. your hands off. You know how old black people get kicked out of places. Right. Yeah. Come on, baby. Sprinkle, baby. Man. So yeah, man. Just started seeing luxury. Started reaching out to artists. Man. Um. Had a little small suite that I was in. After the first Musa layer, we had like my first Musa layer. I had like five five pieces. I, I, the, the salon Ramsey shut down, so I had to move my salon out of there. And I literally was on my own for a second, and I literally had that those art pieces in the room. And then I just like it, because it was such a small dense area, mm -hmm. I just was like, "Yo, I really think that I could do a whole gallery like this." Mm. And that's literally where it came about, man. Just doing a whole gallery it was like, "Yo, I can really do this." No. And from there, man, it was. It was yeah, it was it was gay. Wow. Now when did you open up the, the gallery? Man, craziness. February, February 2020 mm. is when I opened up the gallery. <laughs> On February 9th, 2020. Mm. Guess when I had to shut down? March 14th, wow. 2020. Wow. Because of the pandemic. So it was just like, oh, I mean, when I say the opening was so amazing, I'm talking about I had 
everybody come through from the barber community because I did another thing. I was like, yo, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to do the grand opening when Barna Brothers comes around so all the all the barbers from around the country can come see it mm. and then kind of spread the word a little faster. Mm. Education, mm. right? So Absolutely. Li- literally did that right there and it was going, it was cooking for that first month and then the pandemic. Man. Wow. Wow. But glory be to God, man. We we were able to survive it. We kept we you know we kept going. We kept thriving. You know, it took every bit of the money that I was actually making um, for myself to to put into this. I mean, every TV show that I do, every every event, every comedy show, all that stuff. That money went straight to the to the right. gallery because I knew I was like, yo, this is gonna outlast me. This is gonna be something monumental, and it's gonna be something that's gonna help the whole industry as a whole, not just myself. It's gonna put so much more imagination in everybody. Right. So, wow. yeah, bro, that's that's how that came about, man. Just seeing just seeing so much luxury around the world, traveling with Nas, traveling with, yeah. with Grand Hill, and decided to like, yo, all my people really dig art. They all love art. Let me bring an art element into my space, and let that, me also introduce my clients to art mm-hmm. who don't necessarily have the opportunity to collect art. Absolutely. Let them see what what their value is and what their worth is. And if you see yourself getting your hair cut in an art gallery, you feel like, dang. I am that dude. Absolutely. So it's, and it's a whole bunch of different. Uh-huh. And it, it, it's exposure because what a lot of yes. people don't understand when it comes to art in our community is that art increases in value o- over time. It appreciates, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, we yep. go get the yes, fly cars and we, we go get all the material Jeez. things that don't do anything, but we don't because Nothing. a lot of us haven't been exposed to art and its value. And, and so that was kind mm-hmm. of one of my reasons behind it. One, my dad sat on it so long. My dad is one of those guys, you know, because he ended up doing the graphic design and, you know, he's done art shows at Michael Jordan's restaurant when it was in Chicago, he would go out to New York, but it was like, you know, I never wanted to prostitute my art. And I'm like, hold on dad, like God gave you a gift. And he gave you yeah. something, and, and don't get me wrong, because he sold um, some original pieces, you know, um, for some decent money, but he never was into the business part. So I'm like, look, mm-hmm. this is, you, you know, not only do you have kids, but now you have grandkids and great grandkids. I, I have grandchildren. So, man, you can you can help to, to create a family legacy. This artist is just sitting not doing anything we we got to show somebody and we got to expose the people these young kids in our community and get them just outside of the whole sports realm as well mm-hmm. and, and and let them see different things man so when mm-hmm. when i seen your your um just your space um and and i imagine all of those pieces are that you have are originals all originals yeah man whoo we have we have uh i think a total of 30 pieces in there. Ooh. And you got some original, big pieces so. too. Yeah, man, we our our most uh most expensive piece in there is $27,000. So 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 were they gifted to you or did you have to purchase? No, I'm I'm a, I'm actually a, I'm a holding house now. That's what I call it, call the layer. Okay. So like okay, I'm, a so holding, home, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a holding house. Yeah, for most of our for all these dope artists. Um, they know that just the, the clientele that comes through the gallery, mm-hmm. you know, we've had Spike, we've had Spike Lee, you know, Reggie Miller, Jawan yeah. Howard, Grant Hill, Chris Weber, um, Division. We've had, uh, we've had so many amazing people come through right. to the space. Like, right. 
Ron Rico Lee. Like we've had so many people come through to the space um, that it's just like they know that this is going to be a good place for your for your art yeah. to live, yeah. to rest, yeah, absolutely, have a home. That's, you know, man, what I'm saying that, versus it being in your garage. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's a beautiful space, man. And those those yeah. pieces are breathtaking. Thank for, for for real i the next time that i'm i'm in atlanta um i will definitely um reach out and, and me and my wife i would like to get um my my, my father to to come with me and check it out and, and when i get a chance yeah. I, i'll shoot you a couple of his pieces you know because he, 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 he gets down man and so i would love to to bring him do y'all do any to, art shows you know what and it's something that we're getting ready because he used to and then he just went, he, he's, re, he's been retired from the university for about um, 15 years, man. He, and he just kind of went on a hiatus. So with me opening the shop, I kind of, I'm, 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 I'm getting those yeah. juices in but, him back, back going. So, yeah. so ab- absolutely. Cause he, he has some stuff that's definitely worthy of showing. Man, especially, and that's what I would say for you, man, like with you being in Champagne, like, you know, being by the university with your dad, mm-hmm. having those ties. Mm-hmm. He should definitely like y'all should definitely do a collaboration with some type of like affiliation with the university yeah. and get those professors out to the space, man. It just brings massive exposure yeah. and it just puts you in like right now, the trend of the barbershop, like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody realizes now the power of the barbershop. Whew. So it's in yes, every, sir. it's in every media now it's on every commercial, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's on every, some, there's, always a barber represented in all these situations now yep. on, on these commercials now so man i just think that it would be a, an amazing an amazing thing for you in, in, in that community to kind of Absol- bust that thing up open, wide open you know what i'm saying absolutely and it's and interesting I, and invite some other artists out there too absolutely and it's interesting because he, he's tapped in when we did the soft opening um for the community to to view it um a, cu- the, one, a curator of one of the museums at the university um, that my dad has worked with, who's also a renowned artist, um, an Asian guy, I have to get his name, but he was trying to get in touch with my dad um, because my dad stopped checking his, his university email because he's been retired, but he was he mm-hmm. actually had um, a piece that was on exhibit during that same time. It was a 150 years collection within the university that will only be shown every 150 years. And my dad had no wow. idea that he had a piece that was actually in in, in, in the space. But the, the newspaper in a small community, they did a piece on us opening as a barbershop and, and an art gallery. And so he was able to find them during our soft opening. So so ab- absolutely, man, great, great idea. Great idea. Man, kill it, bro. Kill it, yep. bro. Yes, sir. And yes, I, sir. Just, I just want to say, uh, <clears throat> shout out Nas, man. You know, Nas yeah, won yeah, that yeah, battle yeah. in 2001. Man. So next time you see Nas, <laughs> tell him I said <laughs> he won the battle. I've always yeah. said that. So now I have a, a <laughs> liaison. <laughs> tell him you was on this podcast. <laughs> that and, and, and so I'm like, he won the right. battle. <laughs> and we go back and forth. I got Jay and, and now yeah. outside of Rock him are, are my favorite of all time. Matter of uh, fact, it, it's so crazy the shop that I have now in this area. It's with their reviving it, it, it's a mall. And so it kind of went down and it's they're revitalizing it. And the uh-huh. 1994 Illmatic, I was coming from high school and we had a record, a record store in here. 
and I bought the cassette and still have the Illmatic cassette to this day. <laughs> what? Hey, bro, you need yeah. to put that in a. You need to put that as an art piece. You know what? That's crazy. And crazily, as we talk about art, so I found out that so on Nas's latest album, his, his, the most recent yeah, album, yeah, yeah. yeah King's, the, King's Disease. The 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 cover, the artist that mm -hmm. did the cover, she's actually from Champagne. Word. Yeah. Yep. See. Yep. I'm she's saying, actually, man, like you yeah, she's like, actually from Champagne. Yep. Hey, man, Champagne and art—that's what I call it. Champagne <laughs> and art and champagne. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Get you a get you a champagne. Get you a champagne sponsor. Let them know about the story. Hit hit them with a, a one sheet, a nice deck. All right. Get a couple uh sponsors in that thing, man. Get that thing pumping really strong. Maybe get somebody who's PR around your uh around. You muted you. Okay, yeah. You say there. something. Say something. Also, I said, say, get that. Oh, okay, yeah. You have muted. Yeah, you're good. You're good now. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question, and mm -hmm. and and like okay. I said, I I'm not trying to to veer all the way off. But uh, how do you how do you how do you deal with? Um, I remember one time. I guess I think it was NBA TV. Yeah, yeah. Lace Grant Hill and everybody was talking about the the, the cut became a meme. And <laughs> yeah, just how do you how do you how do you just let things live and, and not really like engage in the in the banter? You know, you have people saying that's got to be you know. Uh, what is Photoshop. it? Photoshop right. enhanced, all <laughs> oh, this and all that. Oh, that, that made me feel so good that they said right. it had to be Photoshop. I was like, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you better think I you better think that was digitally enhanced. That's right. all hands. So I did my uh, job. No, man. Uh yeah, it's yeah. So um it's just it's humbling. Right. It's super humbling. Uh, because I get it on the good side, and then like I even fast forward to y'all, like I got I get it on the bad side too. Um, I'll give y'all a, a great instance. So I was cutting clay for our, his last finals, right? The last mm -hmm. one with the with the with the Raptors. I've been cutting right. clay since 2014, right? And before all the championships started with him and stuff like that, got to the last one in Toronto, right? I was cutting his hair. He asked for a fade, a, a drop fade. I normally kill this drop fade, but he was coming from shoot around so his hair was wet sweaty yeah. hair was going all over the place so the fade just didn't hit like it no like i like i'm responsible for it, making it hit right man game one of the nba finals people was killing me on instagram <laughs> who could please <laughs> how can he focus shoot free throws with his fade is fucked up i'm like <laughs> Bro, I was like, I was, I was, my wife was like, baby, it's gonna be all right. I said, no, man, they know. <laughs> what are you talking about? They know I could cut. No, I'm okay. I, okay. Okay. I'm gonna get back and I'm gonna kill all these. <laughs> and like, uh, real talk, it happens on both ends. So, same thing to make you laugh, make you cry. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So, like, I, I realized, like, especially with this Instagram world, man, like, people only give you they, they most heated, passionate like jab if they gonna hit you you know what i'm saying right. like because like instagram feel like you always people feel like you're always shining on them or, or splashing right. on yeah, them you yeah, know yeah. What I'm saying? Right. so it's right. like people are waiting for that moment for me to fuck up you know what i'm saying right. but right. 
they knew my heart. They knew that I'm never like, I'm never like flaunting nothing on nobody. Like right. that's just my real life was happening. Right. So like, I just literally took it as a, a grain of salt. Like, just like I normally do for other things. I, I'll dive into it and I'll be like, dang, that's dope. Right. Or then I'll, or I'll dive into it and be like, dang, they killing me. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> with, with other way, whatever way it happens, whichever way it happens, I just live with it. Cause it's, that's it, right. it is what it is. Right. That's what's up. And, and, and one more, one more, uh, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I didn't know. I mean, my, I, when I got, I got a friend that played on that Warriors team, Sean Livingston. And so, uh, yep. you know, I, I definitely remember that, uh, you know, they, they would roast the clays <laughs> that they was roasting that. I didn't know that was you. And I'm glad you mentioned that because with Listen, all that we've talked you, about, I, with uh, all that we've talked about, I, I mean, I know it's been some bumps in the road. So, I mean, just for you to bring yeah. that up, always bring that balance. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, I, I, never, I never talk about Sean Livingston missing off his, his uh, three-pointers, you know what I'm saying, when right. he misses his jumpers. <laughs> I don't talk about Sean Livingston when his career moves a little weird. I don't make mention of that. I'm right. as much of a champion as Sean Livingston, bro. Right. I done did, I'm accomplished what I've accomplished in my career. Exactly. Probably more than most of y'all have, you know what I'm saying? So right. I keep I kept it on that and I kept it on that level, but you know, like I'm, I'm a like I'm a chubby black kid from Georgia. I've been I've been called Bookman since I was 12 years old. Them cats have called me. <laughs> you can Bookman. take it, right? That's the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can take what, it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So that's the, that's just the thing. You know, like you said, man. Like I think we all gotten too sensitive sometimes, man. We, right. Like we don't be thinking that we we are above reproach. Like right. I can I can I can catch it every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can right. catch it every once in a while. But but when I, when it's my time to shine, I don't want to hear nobody say nothing. Absolutely. But I'm on people's feet now. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so you know, like I said, I just take it with the with the not grain of salt. I take it for what it's really worth. Absolutely. Like if I mess up, I need to improve. If I do right. great, glory be to God. I send that I send that glory right to God. But Absolutely. either way, I'm gonna be straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, did think, I did think I got fired. I ain't gonna even lie to y'all. Right. I thought I got fired after that. I was like, damn. Well, I, Clay is like, Clay hey, is uh he. His personality oh, is, right. is oh my god, <laughs> Clay, Clay, oh my god, Clay, Clay didn't respond to my text for six months. I talk about six months. I'll be checking on you, good, bro. Like how's how's the how's the Achilles come? You or how's the ACL coming? I'm praying for you. Right. They just be a light. I mean, come on, Clay. Wow. Say, that's all you gonna do, Clay? I said. <laughs> But then, but then he came back to when they came back to Atlanta, we got it right back. He's like, man, I wasn't tripping on that. He said, he said, I, he said it was fucked up, but <laughs> you always get me fresh. <laughs> so I was like, man, I appreciate that, bro. So we we straight. Right. And that's what I think, and that's I think that that's what happens with me though, bro. Like when you think about it, like man, like people love you, bro. People like take it easy on me because they know it's coming from a, a righteous place and ain't ain't no right. hate towards it. You know right. what I'm saying, like. So like if you if I'm if I have that arrogance and that altness towards me, like of course somebody gonna fire me because they're like you deserve this. But like right. with my folks, they always know that I'll come at two o'clock. I'll come cut your hair at two o'clock in the a.m. Mm. I'll, I'll come and do. I'll, I'll come and wake up at seven a.m. or three a.m. four a.m. to catch a flight to go cut your hair to come back out to come back to my gallery to do all that stuff. So yeah. like right. like when you put when you put in a great foundation of like yo I'm rocking with y'all, it always right. comes back. Absolutely. Like, hey gentlemen, my wife is looking at me. She's like, I want to go home. So yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I was just yeah, yeah. Let's get ready. 
wifey, I'm 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 sorry. We we're we gonna we're gonna uh, let you off the I'm I'm just saying it's it's getting dark. Um can I just ask one more question? Yeah, let's go. Okay, baby. all right, wifey, I apologize. Um just tell the listeners um something that, that I followed that I think is super dope um is the barber summit. Can you just tell us a, yes. a tad bit about that and and yes um my you know, greatest, how, how my people greatest can collection. access yeah my my greatest thing I realized that um a, the reason why I came up with the summit was uh this has always been my philosophy or well, mm-hmm. now it's my it's it's always been my philosophy I just didn't have a title to it mm-hmm. and I just got the title from the last summit so anytime I'm not good at something mm-hmm. I have to learn okay. and I have to pass that knowledge on once it's done right okay so that 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 type of mentality I call it Every man could you every man should dig for gold and sell mm. the dirt. Mm. Dig for gold and sell the dirt. Mm. I have a client who actually sells dirt for a living. The dirt that he sells actually has different minerals in it. So companies buy it at, at tons worth okay. of like weight. And then they go through the dirt and find the elements that actually work for what they're trying to, you know, make as their company. So it may be aluminum, it may be iron. Okay. These companies will buy the dirt and pull the aluminum out, pull the mm-hmm. iron out, okay. pull that. So what I've realized with that is every adversity that I've had literally has always been to the goal of getting the gold. Like right. I've always tried to get to the top, right. but when I, but you still gonna have to go through the dirt and right. you might as well sell the dirt, which is the learning experience that you go through right. to other people. That's right. all a masterclass is. That's all any of this stuff is, is just selling the dirt. So people don't have to go through that dirt no more. So the summit, is a collection of barbershop owners, barber barber influencers, um, people who just want to get to the next level. We okay. all meet up in Atlanta, Georgia. We we drive to um, we do a we do an amazing brunch at the gallery. Then we all caravan over to um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We get a mansion. We have okay. a private chef for the four day for the four days that we there. We do um, excursions from whitewater rafting to zip lining um, to uh, paintballing to so many different interactive team building things. From there, we also come on and make a move, and we literally have classes with people like Tristan Walker, um, people like the, the business bully, um, people from No Grease who do the who uh, franchising, and we have them do a class for us via Zoom or via in, in person. Uh, Dave Savant from Squire. These people come and do classes on how to raise capital, how yeah. to get business credit, how to um, construct a franchise, how to do all these things that I've always wanted to learn always needed to learn time management, how to build a team. They teach these things at the summit and we come together, have camaraderie and build a network and, and a French and a family. So now we're about 150, 200 barbers who have come to the summits. Wow. Uh, we've been, this is uh, September. The last week in this September is going to be our, the last week in September is going to be our next uh, summit. Okay. So I will employ everybody. If you down for, if you want to take your, your life, not even just your career in barber, your life to the next level, the summit is where you need to, the barbershop summit is where you need to be. Like you're not going to find another place where everybody's on the same way on the same, like, yo, I can give just as much as I can receive. We don't normally get those type of things. So that's right. what the summit is about. And that's why I say like, it's literally digging for gold, but selling the dirt and that dirt brings us together. We, we, you know, we come out the mud together so Absolutely. we can win together. That's what's up. Okay. I greatly appreciate it, man. We're not going to hold you anymore. We see it's getting dark, man. We don't want you be in the car, no wifey, wifey ready, man. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, my Thank guy, y'all. he's gonna put everything together, edit it, 
Um, we'll get it out. I'll shoot the link to you. Um, and I'd love to to stay in touch. And like I said, plan to yeah. be in, in Atlanta in the next um, couple months. And I'm definitely going to reach out and stop by, man. Pull up, man. Y'all both are invited. Come Absolutely. on through. Bring pops. Bring everybody, man. I mean, the Musa Lair is literally the um, the Musa Lair is literally the 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 space for every black man to come to. It's on their bucket list. Absolutely, it should be on every black man's bucket list. Right. Come, come, get celebrated. Come, get rejuvenated. Come, get love. Absolutely, absolutely. Greatly appreciate it, man. Peace out, man. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Thank, and thank you again. All right. Man, Salute. good looking, man. Yes, I appreciate sir. you. Hey, man. Thank All you, right. bro. I appreciate this one. All this right. Much appreciated. Yes, sir, man. Thank you. Keep going, guys. My mom can't right. do it all. Working two jobs to provide while I pursue the ball. Hoop dreams. No problem doing my own thing. Stepped in the world to get a win for the home team. Lace the sneakers for the crowd in the bleachers. This my get away from the lesson life teaches. But 5'9", don't follow the league guideline. Part of a champ, but I gotta tuck my pride now. Off to college for the knowledge, try my hand at math. But one call from back home really changed my path. My firstborn, now I got a mouth to feed. Told the Southeast I got a whole new route to lead. Young father, odd jobs, every day is real. Turn to the streets to try to eat or maybe pay a bill. Not proud of it, but I got it cooking good. But prison time on the mind wasn't looking good. I can't afford the price, so I tried the corporate life. Something wasn't sitting right every night I'm tossing life. They don't appreciate all my hard work. So I went ahead and jumped, let the Lord work. Beer culture 2020, yeah, we taking over. From the clippers to the hoodies that be draping over. Uh, I put the clippers in my hand. I, I got a whole different plan. I, I, I gotta see how this play out. Hoping that it pay out. Trying to come away out. Yeah, I put the clippers in my hand. I, I, I got a whole different plan. I, I, I gotta see how this play out. Hoping that it pay out. Trying to come away out.